Today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. While we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, The Gallery is offering our listeners 15% off of their purchases by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com, that's G-A-L-R-Y.com, so your wall will never be boring again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's episode, we talk a lot of NFL news, a lot of Panthers news with Sports Illustrated's Jason Hewitt. You'll hear that a little later in the episode. Uh, We are going to talk some news here up front, and at the end of the episode, we will be discussing defensive line and running back positions uh, pre-training camp. Uh, You will hear a couple of names that are not going to be on the roster this season. Uh, Christian Miller, who has opted out, and Rodney Smith, who is among the cuts. Uh, but we'll talk about them here in a minute. We will get started with some NFL news, Jerry. And to begin with, retired NFL wide receiver Antonio Brown was suspended eight games, and he said he was going to go ahead and accept it. He retired about a week ago, and now he's accepting an eight-game suspension so he can play. That's what Antonio it, Brown. What does it really matter, I guess, right? Like... <laughs> He's not going to be on a team this season. Let's be honest. You never know. Some crazy team might take a wild try on him. I guess Just of all the of... things that happened in 2020, that you know, somebody taking a flyer on Antonio Brand would not be the craziest. No, not at all. I mean, two, three years ago, he was the best wide receiver in football. Yeah. Uh, just a insane fall from grace for that guy. Uh, yeah. No, who could? Who would have ever thought? In 2020, we'd be talking about Antonio Brown like this. Honestly, crazy. Um, The Panthers have made some cuts. They've gotten down to a roster size of 80. Uh, Among those cuts, running back Rodney Smith, who we discussed later in our running back preview very briefly. We didn't really talk much about him uh, in terms of whether he's making the team or not. But probably the biggest cut that the Panthers made over the last week or so was Graham Gano. Yeah. And Jerry, do you know what that means? Yes, I do. I Cue know the celebration music. <laughs> Joey Sly, official Panther for the year 2020 and beyond. Probably will be the Panthers for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, I would imagine. I can see you sprinting to the sporting goods store now to buy your Joey Sly jersey as soon as they start making them. <laughs> if, they, if they don't make one, I'm going to do one of those personalized ones. And just sly <laughs> no. with like a little heart emoji, maybe. I don't know if they'll do that, but you know, you can always try. You I'll just, pay whatever it do, costs. Do the number four and then do heart, sly, heart, you know? Oh, that's too fancy. That's, that's too, too fancy. fancy. Joey wouldn't like that. I, I know Joey. He wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Joey Sly is going to be our kicker this year. Um, Graham Gano, thanks for the several years that you were here, made some big kicks for us. I mean, Probably the second best kicker in Panthers history, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. obviously, John Casey has that without a question. Right, right. But, I mean, who who are the other options? Like, Alindo Mare was here. Shane Graham was here. 
I don't even know who else. <laughs> like, that's, so, someone is listening, going, "You guys are forgetting these kickers," naming them off, and we're like, eh, "Yeah, I you know what? it's it's a kicker," you know. <laughs> um, so but, you nope. know, maybe the Panthers making up for that Harrison Butker just total misfire from a couple wow. years ago, where uh, it got rid of a future All Pro kicker for nothing. Yeah. I hated that. So let's move on. Now, players are opting out for the season. Uh, there have been two Panthers that have opted out. Uh, undrafted rookie Jordan Mack. And second-year player Christian Miller was granted the high-risk exception. for. So he'll be getting $300,000 this year. Uh, he'll have to pay it back next year. but 350000 300, Oh, my, my, yeah. my fault. Uh, that one was a little late. Came in... Uh, we're recording this on Monday, so today, yep. a little surprising. Yeah, um, although I don't expect that to be the last one, unfortunately. Uh, it seems like as the, as time moves forward here, we're seeing a lot more players opting out. Um, there's a, a list on CBS Sports with just a ton of players. But, you know, so far the Panthers, you know, he's really the only one of consequence. Of course, the other guy I think was an undrafted rookie. Um and probably wasn't going to make the team anyway. But that is, that's two linebackers that have opted out now, a position that we're already short at. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think Christian Miller is probably more going to be more of an edge rusher type guy. But, uh, you know, we, we need linebackers. We'll see. Like you said, I think he was more in fitting into the defensive end, edge yeah. rusher type of position for this team. Uh, some other notable names around the NFL – Former Panthers star Lou Tulele, uh, also wide re- Packers wide receiver Devin Funches. They both have opted out. Probably Funches's last year, in my opinion. I don't think he'll continue to bounce around. Yeah, I mean, he signed that contract, one year deal with Green Bay. Um, I don't know how much money he's making, but um, yeah, I, I, I guess he opts out this year. He guarantees him this contract for next year. The contract tolls over, so he'll be there next year. Yeah. Uh, maybe was the only way that he was actually going to play next year. Like that's yeah. sort of my opinion. So, um, you know, not a bad, not a bad deal for him, I guess. Uh, R- Chiefs running back Damian Williams had a really good season. Could have been Super Bowl MVP. Should have been Super Bowl MVP. Absolutely. Uh, wide receiver Eagles wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, uh, offensive tackle for the Giants Nate Solder, big free agent pickup there that they had a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big free agent pickup for the Jets last year, C.J. Mosley's opting out. That's a huge one. He was the captain of their defense last year when he played. Yeah, that's a huge one, especially considering they just lost Jamal Adams. Yeah. Uh, so. The Patriots just had a slew of people opting out. Running back Brandon Bolden. offensive ta- Starting offensive tackle Marcus Cannon. Starting safety Patrick Chung. Starting linebacker Dante Hightower. Wide receiver Marquise Lee, Najee Torin, fullback Danny Vitel, tight end Matt LaCrosse. My question, is Bill Belichick behind this for some reason? Does he think that the season's not going to play? So he's trying to get his guy to opt out? Or maybe I he's mean, being a good guy and just being like, hey guys, you do what you feel is necessary this time. I've heard that. I mean, what would the only upside of that be? I guess you get a higher draft pick. If the, if the season does go through, um, I can't imagine that Bill Belichick would want to. I know you're sort of saying that tongue in cheek, but 
I've heard other other people say that, you know, what's Belichick up to now? I can't I can't see what the upside is for him with well, that's his, the, you know, half his defense opting out. Well, that's the problem is we're not smart as Belichick. Right. No, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Damn it, he's done it again. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, you know, poor Cam Newton, right? He's gonna come in there and uh, you know, that yeah. all world defense that they had last year is kind of gonna be a shell of itself and He's going to have gonna to carry be missing the team. a running back, his yeah, starting yeah. left tackle. Yeah, Marquise Lee was, you know, potentially going to play some, you know, minutes there. So, I don't know, man. Um, hey, back to Devin Funches real quick. He's he only signed like a one year, two and a half million dollar contract with them. So, that's yeah. that's a huge fall from that one year, thirteen million dollar deal that he signed with the Colts last year. And he didn't even get to play in that. He got injured, I think, in the preseason or week one. Yeah, and the dead cap for him was only a million dollars. You know, I wonder if he'd even made the roster there. Yeah, He's they just, are so yeah. desperate for wide receiver help. They look. He probably you're right. He he probably would have been at least third on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's wild with the uh, the Patriots. The 44 total players so far have opted out. Uh, I expect there there will probably be a, over a hundred that opt out. By the you end really of think thing, that high? So. I do. Yeah, I really do. I think the floodgates might be about to open, especially once they finish that they're working on a CBA alteration, I guess, which is going to adjust the salary cap for the next few years. And, and they're going to, I guess, make a permanent date or a move up the date for the opt out. I know the NFL wants it to be like Tuesday or something. They want it to be something ridiculously soon, but I have a feeling it probably will be more like this weekend, but I bet there's going to be a lot of players opting out a lot of players. Yeah. I mean, just look what's happening in baseball, honestly. Yeah, and there's a lot of players that are actually getting, you know, on the COVID-19 list already. Doesn't mean that they have tested positive, but they may have come in contact with somebody who tested positive. The Lions have a slew of them. Yeah. I don't think the Panthers have announced any positive tests yet. Nope, not yet. Let's knock on wood for them. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully hopefully we can be one of the more limited. uh, (laughs) uh Uh-oh, Jerry. Uh-oh. Is that Luna? That's both of them. I knocked on yeah. wood for the joke in it. <laughs> oh, no, you got them. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> They're agreeing with us, right? <laughs> They're big Panthers fans, those dogs. Yeah. Uh, Matt Stafford, I mean, starting quarterback starts off in that list. It'll be yeah, interesting. But, you know, I had an argument with a, a Lions fan the other day. And uh, he, you know, he was talking about how good the Lions were going to be this year now that Matt Stafford's healthy. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, Matt Stafford's been healthy many years in his career, and the Lions continue to suck. Like, what's going to change? Nothing ever changes with the Lions. They always suck. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Matt Stafford's obviously a decent quarterback, but he's not going to take him to the Super Bowl, let's be honest. No, not with that team around him. Yeah. Or at least in my opinion. Unless that that defense becomes like a stalwart number one defense around the league, and you don't. Well, need the it. problem with the Lions is every time they get a really good player, they they leave before they're thirty years old. So, or right yeah. at thirty, thirty-one, or right at thirty years old. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders just <clears throat> opted to retire instead of keep playing there. Yeah. Um, speaking of the COVID, the COVID, which I like, I like how people call it the COVID, but. 
Um, the entire Buffalo Bills rookie class was basically sent home due to several positive tests. So I guess, you know, obviously we know that COVID is going to be a big deal this season. What are your thoughts in terms of how that particular, you know, uh, situation there might affect how the rest of these teams look at the season or how we should look at the season? I I think it's going to affect largely because if you think about it, that's how the players, you know, they were the first ones in there and now they have to send the whole group home of rookies I think quarterbacks, running backs, they're going to keep these all these guys all separated. It's going to be hard to get a cohesive unit. I think offensive line, the starters will all stick together. There's not going to be much rotation, I don't think, this year. I think a lot of teams are just going to go strictly, you know, one group. All right, let's hope they don't get it sick, you know. Yeah. Go lock yourself in bubbles. <clears throat> it's going to be – and that's the thing. That's like the operative term right there is bubble. Like the NBA – they have the entire league in a couple of hotels down in Disney World, not letting them leave. Anybody that does leave, they're quarantined for 10 days. Um, and they're making it work, right? There's no fans there. They're just in small arenas, if you even want to call them arenas. Uh, and they're going to make it work. They're going to finish their season. I think hockey is doing something very similar. But baseball is not. Baseball has had all kinds of problems. I mean, the, the commissioner is threatening to shut the league down already a week into the season. And the NFL is basically following the baseball framework, essentially, of not having a bubble, allowing players to you know stay at home. And, of course, that's going to be hard to change that because the season hasn't even started with the NFL yet. You know, with NBA, you were almost done with the season. Uh, by the your regular season, at least by the time they shut down, so it's it's tough, man. I, I just I really hope that the season finishes. I certainly hope it starts. I hope it finishes. I, I don't know how it's going to, honestly. I don't either. It'll be again. Belichick is thinking ahead. I guess you know. <laughs> I don't really know how that how that helps him still, but. Um, Anyway, any other news that we need to talk about? No, I think that's it. I think we could go ahead and go into our Jason Hewitt talk with training camp. It was a great talk conversation with him. Yeah, this is just more of a, a football talk, not so much an interview, uh, although we did get into a little bit of how he got started and things like that towards the end of the discussion. I really enjoyed talking to Jason. He brought a lot of insight as a former college football player and uh, – you know, just gave us a, a bit of a different perspective. So enjoy that discussion, and we'll see you on the other side with our running back and defensive line preview. All right, everybody. Today we've got a special guest, Jason Hewitt, coming all the way from Sports Illustrated. Thanks for joining us today, Jason. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yes, my name is Jason Hewitt. I am a reporter for the Carolina Panthers on Sports Illustrated. And, yeah, I'm happy to talk training camp, quarterback battles, all of that good stuff. Let's get it, y'all. There's a lot to talk about with the Panthers for sure. Oh man, it's a, whole, it's a whole new ball game this year with Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater. So let's go ahead and start it off with training camp. Mm -hmm. Now, is there any training camp battles you're really excited to kind of take a look at this off season or this season? Hmm. What I really want to look at is the interior offensive line right now because I know um, Greg Little. He doesn't really. He could play tackle, but he could also switch to guard if he really wanted to. 
We also got uh, Dennis Daly, who's battling for a spot with uh, Michael Schofield, who recently got signed. And so, I don't know. I feel like there's really a lot to work with and a lot of moving around they can do. And we also have, uh, there's uh, John Miller as well from the Bengals. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think John Miller or Dennis Daly will end up becoming that right guard? Ooh. If I had to bet money on it, I would pick John Miller. But we don't. We have to see how training camp goes. You know, see how development yeah. is with everybody. Yeah, we talked about offensive line um, last week, and one of the things we noticed when we were talking about it was that we have, a, you know, Akung obviously is penciled in, pinned in, markered in, whatever you mm-hmm. want to say at left tackle, uh, mm-hmm. and then kind of Paradis, I guess, at center. But then all right. the other positions are pretty flexible like you know matt rule is a guy that likes position flexibility um Mm -hmm. so i guess that's a good thing or a bad thing you could say that some of these guys are a jack of all trades master of none you know not the best at you know right tackle or whatever but um well i was gonna say you forgot the best offensive (laughs) lineman taylor Taylor moton is the best (laughs) offensive liner yeah but even he switched around you know, even he switched around some last season. So, mm-hmm. um, do you think that offensive line is on the offense? I guess definitely the weakest mm-hmm. point of the team. But overall, is it one of the weakest points of the team, or do you think that these guys could come together? As of right now, they are the weakest part of the team, as it has been for the past several years now. Yeah. But could they get together? I mean. They could. I mean, there's chemistry there. Uh, I know Paradis, uh, Okung, and uh, Michael Schofield, they all played together at one point. So I know there's that chemistry factor there. And I played offensive line in college. Like, I actually just graduated, so I'm pretty fresh and everything. And, like, chemistry is, like, a really big factor when it comes to, like, double teams, watching film together, everything, like, as a whole. So if there's still that chemistry there, then I feel like they can make something happen. What college do you play for? I played for Oberlin College. It's out in uh, the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. What position did you play? Played. So my my first three years, I played center. I was a center in high school and everything. Okay. And um, eventually, they decided to try me out at tackle because I lost a whole lot of weight. And uh, so they switched me out at right tackle. Man, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> folks in the dirt. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. So you enjoy tackle more than center? Oh, well... I like the responsibility of center. You know, I like being that quarterback in the offensive line, quote unquote. And, you know, I like telling folks what to do and everything. But a tackle is more of like the one on one battles with that defensive end. Center usually have help from the guards with double teams and everything. Yeah, you're calling out protections and doing all that stuff as center too, mm-hmm. right? So, absolutely. Uh, maybe a little less IQ thinking along with the tackle, but more uh, responsibility in terms of making sure that your guy doesn't get to the quarterback, right? Absolutely. Not that playing Absolutely. tackle, not that you're, you know, playing tackle is not a smart position, but, you know, <laughs> I know, what you're saying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Less, less responsibility of the overall line, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also glaring whenever you have a mistake. Oh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. get beat. That film, that film study that next day it is rough. So as a center, I mean, how do you think Paradis did last year? A prevailing thought is he wasn't that good. I don't know. Like, I watched his film and everything. He looked great in Denver. I was like, okay. 
this guy could really help this team out a whole lot. And he came in and he had the worst PFF grade that he's ever had in his career. So, you know, what gives, I, I don't know what happened with him, but like I said, with the whole chemistry thing, maybe he'll shake back and, you know, perform better than he did last year, hopefully. In terms of, uh, train, you know, this sort of leads into training camp, but right. we were thinking about some off-season moves that the Panthers made. And, you know, one of the big moves that they made, of course, was trading Trey Turner and bringing mm-hmm. in a Kung. Um, how did you feel about that move at the time? Uh, did you think that we gave up a little too much for Trey Turner? Could we have gotten a little more? Should we have kept him? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well... Initially, I was a little concerned because, you know, Trey Turner is arguably in his prime right now. Mm-hmm. And Okun, he's he just came off his whole health scare mm-hmm. last year, and he was out for the majority of the season. So, you know, it's a huge gamble. But, you know, maybe there's some faith in those guys in the interior with uh, Miller and Schofield and uh, Daly and them. And, you know, maybe one of them can break out but at the time when it initially happened, I was a little concerned because, like, they needed a left tackle, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that was the most glaring <laughs> spot. <laughs> but, you know, that's that was your best lineman that you traded, you know? And so. sort of a little off. And Okung's so- – oh, ahead, sorry. Ahead, I was going to say, Okung's only on a one-year deal, too. Mm-hmm. So this is his prove-it year, quote-unquote, but he's really just finishing out his contract. It was a little strange that they made that move to us. You know, we were looking at it like, okay, you know, up till then and even since then, rule has been about getting younger, right? Mm -hmm. Getting versatile. Uh, And then Trey Turner is still pretty young uh, and very talented. I guess they just didn't want to pay him. Uh, You know, it sounded like he's he's wanted some money. Yeah, you're you're nodding your head. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Business. Yeah, yeah. Are the Panthers trying Man. to set the record for dead money in a season? It seems oh, like they're well oh. off the <laughs> every, every time I look on Spotrack, man, it, yeah, no. it, my heart just shatters, man. Well, added some more to it but, uh, with uh, cutting Gano. I think added a million and a half. Gano, exactly. Yeah, added an extra 1.5. Yeah. Man. But I'm not 100. Isn't it? that it falls off after this year or do we continue to keep the dead cap? Do you know that? I believe, I believe it falls off a little bit. I can't, don't quote me on that, but I believe, (laughs) but, um, I think it should decrease a little bit. I don't know if it all just, you know, magically disappears or anything like that. That's not how money works. My understanding is that it depends on the contract. Um, like, you know, I think is spread out over two years. Um, mm-hmm. but some of these guys are like the guys that were on the last years of their deals that we let go. I think that's going to fall mm-hmm. off after this year. So hopefully next year, you know, we'll have a lot of cap space, but of course the cap is going to be a lot lower next year because of COVID and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so going back to off season moves, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts about Teddy Bridgewater coming to this offense? Uh, obviously replacing the best quarterback in Panthers history, all Cam right. Newton, uh, big, big shoes to fill. What are your thoughts on him coming into this offense? Well, he's been all in since he's joined the team. Like, actually, just posted an article about uh, Matt Rule's thoughts on Bridgewater and how like impressed he was with him. And he even said that you know he's all football and he's fully engaged with everybody and everything. And you know he's learning the playbook. 
and him and Joe Brady, they have a history. They played well. I believe he played with him. Well, not with him. Like he played under him. He was like the passing game coordinator. Brady was, mm-hmm. and so they have experience there. And so he basically knows that offense already, but he's polishing up everything. And he'll be all right. I don't think he'll be like a dominator, like off rip, but I feel like he'll do a decent enough job to manage a few wins. Do you think he's the QB of the future here, or is that to be drafted next year or the year after? Hey, he, he signed for three years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, signed three years, uh, 63 million. So that's, that's a lot of bread. So I feel like they trust him. Well, they brought in a lot of weapons for him, too, or brought in Robbie Anderson, and then they have Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he can just do some nice little drop-offs and let them play afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. You're playing Drew Brees ball, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Drop it off and let the players make plays. Yeah, talk kind of talking about the weapons that we brought in. Um, outside of the big three of receivers, you know, more Samuel and Robbie Anderson, any of the guys that are sort of in that four to, what, nine spot right now, you know, within, in training camp, anybody that you're hoping steps out or expect to step out and, and show some special things? I'm looking at Farrell Cooper like he could potentially do something crazy. I'm not – I mean, he's currently – he has a lot of competition there, but I feel like he's a sleeper to make some pretty good plays. Yeah. He's the, uh, he's the guy that did uh, was a Pro Bowl returner, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Have you looked into Omar Bayless? And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because we got destroyed on YouTube for not bringing him up during our receiver group, like, in love with him. So, have you done any research on him or – your thoughts on him? I know a little bit about him. I don't see him breaking out by any means. Yeah. But I feel like he could contribute as well, kind of on the same level as Farrell Cooper. Yeah. So that's pretty much my thoughts. So I, he's not, like, a bad player by any means, but I don't see him, like, being this huge impact player like DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson. I don't know. Yeah, I had a ton of stats in college, but he's not very fast and – doesn't really bring anything different to the team, you know, yeah. that we need, right? He's not big. He's not fast. I don't really know why people are excited about him, to be honest. He's just, he's just kind he of – He played at I Arkansas like he, State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and so there, he is in a conference where, you know, it wasn't really that deep competitively. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, he'll, he'll be – he's a nice little, you know, space filler and everything. He, I mean, there's depth. That's nice, right? Good, good practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's what he's hoping for. Um, well, you know, we're not going to have any preseason games, obviously, and the mm-hmm. even practices where you can hit is just being taking a machete to, right? There's, what, 14 mm-hmm. or 18 or something like that, just not a lot. Um, how do you think that – how bad is that, I guess, for – the Panthers, considering you've got the new coaching staff, a lot of new pieces to plug in, or or is there some positives to it? I I think this is this pandemic is probably the worst thing yeah. to happen to this team in particular because you have all these new guys learning this entirely new system, where you have teams like you know the Chiefs and the Saints, where they already have their guys in place, they have their coaches in place, and so they already have like a pretty decent idea as to 
you know, what to do come game day. But as the Panthers, you have all these new pieces and a lot of rookies that they're just kind of throwing, they're like chickens with their heads cut off, you yeah. know? <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'll remain optimistic on them, but this NFC South is looking really, really rough right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, see. Do you know uh, what the – I mean, are the rookies – I assume they got all their documentation and everything pretty soon after mm-hmm. they either were drafted or, or signed or however that works. But mm-hmm. any idea of the progress being made in terms of them learning the playbook and stuff like that? Have you had any any talks with any of the players or coaching staff or anything like that to, to kind of have an idea of how that's coming along? Well, Matt Rule stated that they're having their Zoom meetings and everything. And like prior to uh, training camp and everything, they really just kind of communicated uh, remotely you know, sending them their playbooks and getting guys like into the system. Like Phil Snow has his playbook ready. Uh, Joe Brady has his playbook ready as well. And so it really is just a matter of, you know, getting in shape and understanding, you know, how the new schemes are going to work out. Yeah. And talking about schemes, do you know if, uh, or have you heard any more about Phil Snow's defensive scheme? Because we tried the three four last year and it, it looked awful. So <laughs> I'm assuming yeah. <laughs> we're going to go back to the four three. They're actually what they're going to do is there's going to be multiple fronts, and it's going to be like quote unquote a positionless defense. And so I think one of the main reasons why they drafted Jeremy Chan in the second round is because they're going to. I see him kind of functioning like maybe a Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, just kind of throw him anywhere, maybe throw him up and like some plays, throw him back and play safety some other plays. And so they might run a 3-4. They can run a 4-3. They're going to do a lot of experimenting this year. Maybe even a 3-3 stack. Yeah. We were thinking like a big nickel with like chin kind of dropping down at mm-hmm. that nickel. and Whatever gets so. chin on the field. Is what they should do. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I call him Isaiah Simmons light, but hopefully he proves us all wrong. Yeah, maybe one day yeah. he'll, he'll be uh, Jeremy Chin light. That's what we hope for. Right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, his measurables are almost identical to Simmons. They really are. Like this guy, this is a steal in my opinion. Yeah. Now, are there any other rookies that you could see that could kind of break out? Obviously, Derek Brown. Yeah. So early drafted. I got But anybody else? I see Gross Matos doing something. He's actually, I see him, like, giving a Weatherly a pretty good competition during training camp. I can see him getting some PT pretty early. Um, who else? Um, other than Brown, Chen, and Gross Matos, I'd – don't really see anybody else, you know, making that big of a splash this season. Okay. Yeah, we're ho- I guess we're hoping that like Tony Pride steps mm-hmm. up, you know, uh, given our weakness at corner. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> what do you think about Eli Apple signing? I mean, he, he looked okay for like half a season with the Saints, and then last year mm-hmm. wasn't that great. But uh, you think he's got a shot to do something here? I think. It'll be more of the same. I'm yeah. not sold on him at all. Yeah. But once again, like I hope he proves us wrong, but as of right now, he hasn't really shown us anything that would tell us otherwise. Great athlete. 
just but, doesn't put it all together. Yeah, I feel like he's a slightly worse version of Dante Jackson. Oh, no. That's not <laughs> yeah. what we want to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, talk about Dante. Is, I mean, is he yeah. – um, could he put it together this year, you know, under a new regime? I'm more optimistic on Jackson than Apple, for sure. I feel like he's gotten one step closer to being the guy uh-huh. in that secondary, but he's still – there were some plays and he was looking pretty questionable there. And um, he – guy is so fast, though, man. <laughs> you, That's sort of you the can't problem, coach right? speed, man. Yeah, yeah like he's – he does too much with it. He doesn't know how to control it yet. So, like, once well, he gets that – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, hopefully he had a lot of issues with Perry Fuel that came out later on. I'm hoping yeah. that that was part of the issue was him and that Perry Fuel butted heads too much. And mm-hmm. It's actually crazy. Stone because, can help him out. Oh. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> Uh, actually, Jalen Ramsey, like I remember, he tweeted out, uh, good luck, y'all, basically, mm-hmm. with um, Perry Fuel because – he was given that secondary a hard time as well. So, you know, hopefully uh, Phil Snow come in and change that whole dynamic out there. Yeah, do you know a lot about Phil Snow? I mean, we, you know, obviously a longtime college coach, but we don't, mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I don't think, Jerry, we don't really know a ton about the guy in terms of, you know, is is this Matt Rule's guy for the long term or is this just sort of Matt Rule bringing in guys he knows and then getting – acclimated to the NFL and then maybe he brings in somebody else in a couple of years. I feel like this is going to be his guy for a long time because most of the players that have played under him who have spoken out about him have called him a genius, basically a football savant. They love this guy. Wow. And Yeah. Like, and Matt rule been dependent on him when he was at Baylor with the big 12 and everything. So I think he'll be fine because he's an older guy, and I'm, I would, you know, if he's if he's guy. that highly thought of, you know, I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten a chance in the NFL before this. Yeah, I feel like you know, there's a lot of money in college football as well. True. So, I mean, he was probably comfortable, and when that rule left, he that comfort might have left a little bit, so he just came with him basically. That's a good way to think about it. You know, like he just yeah. didn't want to leave college. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how I see it. So yeah. hopefully he'll do his thing and come up with these schemes and he has to do this in moments of season. And talking about coaches, what are your thoughts on Joe Brady coming here? Because Stephen and I were over the moon when we found out, but see. he doesn't have that huge resume. But what he did with LSU changed Joe Burrow's life. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel like it's going to be more the same when he comes over. I think with the players that he brought in, and it's it's going to be some exciting games this season, man. I'm so excited to see it. Um, I'm trying to think. What he does with McCaffrey, man. Yeah. Could McCaffrey have even I'm a, a better season than last season? I mean, could, could we look at last season and be like, ah, oh, McCaffrey – you know, that was his down season this year, you know, with Joe Brady just going to go. I mean, are we looking like a 1,200, 1,200-yard season? I mean, what's the ceiling for McCaffrey here? I think it'll be more of the same, but I think the weapons around him will be yeah. even more impactful. 
can't load the box because Kyle Allen can't throw oh, yeah. accurately. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't. They don't even need to load the box without a line either, though. So true. Yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about that when we were talking about our line, uh, you know, discussion last week, and we were mm-hmm. hoping that maybe Brady can scheme a way around this O line and. Uh, you know, I, I assume we're going to be looking at Saints style offense with quick throws mm-hmm. and, you know, not letting plays just take forever to develop like we saw under Rivera uh, and, you know, Shula mm-hmm. and even North Turner to Ugh. a degree. Um, is Ugh. that kind of what you're thinking as well? Is it's going to mirror the Saints offense as much as our personnel will allow? I think so. I think it's going to be a lot of dinking and dunking, as I like to call it. Um, you know, just drop it off to McCaffrey, drop it off to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and occasionally go over the top of Robbie Anderson because that's what he does. Right. I think that's why they brought him in is to be that big play factor. Yeah, we uh, I personally, we love Tom uh, Robbie Anderson. I mean, I last year I was mm-hmm. calling for like we need to go out and get a guy who's like six, three and fast. And that's Robbie Anderson. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the one that's one of the big Basically. elements that we lacked last year you know, from the offense was that big receiver that could go up and get the ball. So, you know, not taking anything away from DJ Moore, he can go up and get the ball, um, you know, as good as anybody. But I think having that Mm -hmm. extra dynamic is really going to be helpful to the offense. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's going to open up Curtis Samuel as well, because he's still waiting to break out. I hope so. And so having that extra weapon out there, I think it'll really help him out as well. And with Greg Olson going away, Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Ian Thomas? Should we go ahead and like look for someone else to replace him or give him the chance? Or what's your thoughts? I look at the salary cap situation that they have right now, and I really don't see Carolina getting anybody who would be that much greater than Ian Thomas right now. So why not give the man a chance? You know, he, so I have I mean, this. Go ahead. I was gonna say I have I have <laughs> the answer. All right. See, we, see we've, we have this argument constantly. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's an Ian Thomas guy. I, I think that Ian Thomas is done. We don't need to worry about Ian Thomas anymore. So mm. I think that we trade, um, you know, what, a third-round pick, second-round, third-round pick, whatever, for O.J. Howard, the Bucks. right? Okay. They got Gronk yeah. down there. They don't, you know, O.J. Howard may be sort of expendable at this point. You bring him in. You know, he's a first-round talent. I mean, is that crazy? I really think it, I mean, he's a young guy. He sort of fits the he's mold young. of, you know, he does, he wouldn't hurt the salary cap. I mean, is, is am I nuts to, to want to do that? Is that too much to give up? Like, what do you think? I feel like this team is currently rebuilding, so I don't know if giving up draft picks is really the best idea. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I think I would just give Ian a chance this season and see what he does, and if he doesn't perform like he should, then maybe go out and look for somebody else. I think O.J. Howard's a free agent after this season, too. So, yeah, so if, if, if you desperate for him. Mm-hmm. I think I, I just think he's that. been so underutilized there. Like, he's such a physical talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just seems like you put him in the right situation and he could really explode. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. But, I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah. This, this, this season, the Panthers are just – I mean, are, are we hoping for a uh, 4-12 and 12 season for a high draft pick? I mean, is that what we should expect? I know Vegas has this around five wins. 
uh, as our odds. So, I mean, is that really should what we should expect? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Four and 12, five and 11. Yeah. That's, That's a money mark. That's a tough season. It, it is, I understand. But, you know, sometimes teams need to rebuild. Yeah. You know, look at the need Chiefs. Need to go into this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no one was looking at the Chiefs like they do now. But, I mean, they have money Mahomes out there, and no one expected him to blow up the way he has. So. True, true. I mean, so and it's, uh, given that, that that's sort of what we should expect, and maybe that's what they were going for, mm-hmm. I mean, does it really make sense to bring in Bridgewater at $20 million a year and bring in Robbie Anderson at, what was what he, $10 million a year? Um, I mean, does it re- did it really make sense to make those moves, or should we have just kept Kyle Allen and, you know, hope for a good draft pick? There's no way they could have started Kyle Allen this year, though. <laughs> There, there's no way they had to bring in somebody like this is they didn't bring in like this high profile quarterback right i mean bridgewater he did what he had to do he was five and oh when he started for the saints last year but he still could prove something this year you know mm-hmm. and i just don't so a good gamble maybe <laughs> to bring in Bridgewater just in case he actually regains that form, you know, early in Minnesota. I think he'll come back. I don't think he's going to be super dominant, you know, top five, top ten quarterback, anything like that. But I think he'll do what he has to do to get some wins here and there. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. we brought in Will Greer last year, and now we just have P.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh do you think that, you know, which one is will probably pan out as the backup? Do you think Will Greer basically just is a wasted third-round pick? I think so. I think Will Greer is actually going to get the number two spot because P.J. Walker, he came straight from the XFL and everything, and he looked great. He did what he had to do out there in Houston, but at the same time, I think Will Greer, he had to play behind that terrible offensive line. So I feel like if he has better protection and shows out in practice, then he could take that number two spot pretty easily. That's surprising. I, I think a lot of people here are, are down on Will Greer. Um, and but you're right. You're like he, it's understandable. He did he have an opportunity last year to show anything? Not really, right? He was kind of thrown into the fire. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he looked lost when he was out there. That's that's what I yeah. think really drove a lot of people down. Is yeah. It was bad all around. He started with Perry Fuel as the head coach, and mm-hmm. he just looked lost. Yeah, there was no stability around him, and when you're a rookie, you need that stability. So he he has a year under his belt. He's he's learned some lessons here and there. So I think it'll be fine. Um, well, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Jason? Or hmm. um. Shoot, this this y'all's party. I'm here. I'm down to talk about yeah. anything, really. Um, I got a question for you. Yeah, go um, for it. So another another thing that Jerry and I sort of are a little bit of odds about, and you can mm-hmm. be the tiebreaker here, is <laughs> uh, pumped in crowd noise for the broadcast, right? So the NBA's doing oh. it. The baseball's yeah, doing man. it. Soccer's doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming the NFL is going to do it. The question is, should they? Would you prefer it, or would you prefer just natural sounds of the game? Me, personally, I'd prefer the natural sounds of the game. 
But knowing how ball players are, they're going to do a lot of censoring. <laughs> <laughs> but that go ahead. That's something I haven't thought about yeah. about all the censoring that they would have to do. Yeah, because shoot, especially with that old line and D line. Oh, those trenches. There's going to be a whole lot of beeps in there. So, <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to do the crowd noise just because everyone else is doing it, which, I mean, it, it is what it is. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but it's it's one of those things. Have you have you watched any of the uh, NBA games, like the ones from last night? Or Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I mean, did it, did it take you out of the game at all, the crowd noise? For me, for me no. Yeah. I just kind of – focus more on the game and the crowd noise it was kind of like white noise to me and i think that's to me uh, like i'm pro crowd noise right i'm pro pumping it in um Mm -hmm. i feel like it's sort of just normal right to when you're watching a game just to hear that background din right it's not jerry jerry equates it to a laugh track on a sitcom (laughs) right which i which i think I, i don't think that's you can't even let, I, I'm just saying I don't You can't even let you me can, speak. You can you can you can defend yourself in a second, but I don't think that that's right because you know, with a TV show you don't have to have a laugh track, right? A laugh track is mainly to to tell the audience when they need to laugh, right? Like we don't need that in an NFL game to tell us when to cheer, but it's just part of the presentation, right? It's you know, you never watch a game and don't have it. It would just be weird to me. So I don't know. Jerry, defend yourself. Yeah. Well, first of all, I do like what he said about the white noise because I can understand that. But I was watching the game last night and they like someone made a bucket and all of a sudden you could tell they just cranked it up really loud. But then uh, then the actual players were really excited and started clapping. Mm -hmm. And it was like, "Ah." then you hear like one single clap. Good job! And it was like, oh, that just feels so weird. And then another time, they just turned it completely down, and it was like, ah, and it was just like, ah. it just felt weird to me. Mm, That's just my opinion. Interesting. I mean, I'd prefer to, I prefer the sounds of the game. That would be my option. I agree, but. You no, know, that's just what everyone else is doing. So I guess the NFL is just gonna fall into the peer pressure. Well, you gotta think about it. Like they pay, you know, Fox and CBS, ESPN, NBC. They pay so much money to show these mm-hmm. games. Like they want to make it as comfortable for the average fan as they can because they need, mm-hmm. you know, they need sports right now, right? They haven't been making this advertising money. It's kind of been just a waste of money for them right now. So, anything that they can do to sort of make it as normal a presentation as possible, sort of makes sense from their perspective. Um, yeah, you know. It's one of those things and like i'm personally like i'm really really into mma right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with them like they don't have like any of those tracks in the background you can just hear like the two fighters you know yeah doing their thing they do they're doing the same thing with boxing as well so i don't know if they're just doing it with team sports or what but i i like the presentation more because you can hear everything that's going on you can hear every shot you can hear what the trainers are saying i think it's pretty cool like seeing that inside look that is cool. Uh, now, are they doing that for just like the normal cable broadcasts or just the pay-per-view stuff? All of it. Okay. It would make sense with pay-per-view because you don't have to worry about swearing or anything like that. But, you mm-hmm. know, but on ESPN, I assume maybe they put a, like a, uh, a warning or something before the show, like saying, you know, there could be vulgar language or whatever. Rated mm-hmm. TVMA. Well, <laughs> TVMMA. Well, 
they always have that three minute delay after the Panther Super Bowl with Janet Jackson, anyways, to do editing. Mm-hmm. So, well, that was one of the the proposals with the NBA was that they were going to put it on a thirty minute delay uh, if they were going to have just regular sounds of the game. So they had time to edit out all that, you know, if the players are drawing back and forth at each other or whatever, um, to edit all that stuff out. That was one of the initial proposals. So, I mean, if it's between a 30-minute delay and, a, you know, some fake crowd noise, then give me the fake crowd noise, right? Yeah. yeah. The thing with that, too, is you, you got guys like me who's going to try to report every single thing, like, mm-hmm. as it's happening. So, it's going to be, like, spoiling the game for everybody. Yeah, plus betting, like, live betting and stuff. I mean, how would you even oh, do that? Oh, yeah, that's a mess. Exactly. Yeah, make, I don't see – I don't even know why that was even a proposal, but apparently that went pretty far, so – so are you actually going to be at the games then? Or as of right now, no. But as of course, as the season goes by, hopefully they'll open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you were telling us off air Sorry. that you're in Texas right now. Are you planning on moving out this way at some point during the season, or is that a mm-hmm. yeah? Okay, that's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. But somewhere fairly close. Yeah. Charlotte, so that yeah. way, you know, get that access that I need. Well, neither one of us live in Charlotte. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. Right outside of Charlotte is the best place to live. Mm-hmm. Inside yeah. Charlotte. Somewhere like Concord. Yeah. That's where Hey! Yeah. Jerry's, Jerry's right there. <laughs> I was, like, my family's from North Carolina. I was born in uh, Greensboro, so okay. I know the area. You know yeah. the area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're, you're a North Carolina native. So. I got. Quick story, I guess. So basically, I was born in North Carolina. All my family's in North Carolina. And I moved to Atlanta when I was four. I spent most of my life there. And I moved to Texas when I was 14. And so like, I've been moving around like my whole life, darn near. And I went and I uh, went to college in Ohio. And so I go there, then back to Texas. And then sometimes I go to Carolina, Georgia. So it's always like those four places. I just go back and forth. Do you still have family here in North Carolina? Oh, yeah, most of my family's out there. Okay, okay. So did you grow up a Falcons fan? I'm a Panthers fan, baby. Okay, okay. Okay, good, okay. Good. Just making sure. Yeah, we wouldn't Otherwise, win. this <laughs> call would have ended. Yeah, we would have to. Just, <laughs> this, this interview goes into the recycle <laughs> Just <bin>. click. <laughs> no, nah, I understand. I, shoot, I, I'm here for the 28-3 jokes. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so That's how me. did you end up uh, getting the job with Sports Illustrated and, and reporting on the Panthers? So basically what happened was that um, I was writing for SB Nation prior to that. Uh, the Cat Scratch Reader loved those guys mm-hmm. over there. And what happened, the editor to with uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, he reached out to me, basically just offered me the gig and said, you know, you want to hop on board? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And that's pretty much what happened. It was a pretty nice. straightforward process. That's nice. They came after you. Yeah. I knew your name looked familiar. Now, I, I'm I read you a thousand times on Cat Scratch Reader. Yeah, that was me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was me. Right. We got uh, we got a celebrity here. Oh, please. <laughs> Get out of here, man! Y'all don't want now, this podcast, is a, one of my my personal favorite questions. Mm. Since you kind of grew up in North Carolina, do you have a favorite childhood sports memory from North Carolina that you would like to share? From North Carolina, no, because I was so young when I moved to Atlanta. Like, I was four, man. So, most of my time, okay. yeah. So, like, most of my stuff is really like preschool memories. 
Well, what about a land like your just childhood sports memory? What would that be? That is a great question, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I played against Deshaun Watson in high school. He lit us up, but I don't there know if that's go. necessarily <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. a... <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Um, this is a very weird one, but y'all remember the Atlanta Thrashers? Yeah. Hockey mm-hmm. team. Hockey team. Yep. Mm-hmm. They played uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins, and uh, Sid- Sidney Crosby was in town and everything, and they went into a shootout, and the Thrashers won in, like, the very last round of the shootout, and everyone just went crazy and fell through. That's so I think that's probably my favorite. That's yeah, awesome, man. That's we, awesome. we don't have professional hockey here. You know, of course, we have the Carolina Hurricanes and, and yeah, Raleigh. Hurricanes but, you know, and Raleigh. Yeah, nobody yeah. really cares about them around here, but and they got a Stanley Cup. They had, they got I know. One. Yeah. And it was the most, it's the weirdest thing because nobody was talking about it in Charlotte. Like, wow. I know. Like, we couldn't get excited about it. I was living in Florida, so yeah. I had no clue. Oh, yeah. I'm, I didn't yeah. even know they won until like several days later. I'm just not a hockey fan, but like, you know, normally if the local team is doing well, you hear about it, but mm-hmm. not a word. It was, it was odd. Um, who's your favorite Panther of all time? Steve Smith. Yeah. Steve Smith, by far. He's my favorite football player of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty easy one. <laughs> yeah, Peppers was second. Love of the game and nastiness. Yeah, that's how, that's how I played the game. <laughs> I was that trash talking on the field because of him, you know. Having that tenacity and ferociousness, it, I, I just loved all of it. And he was an undersized guy. And so it, all of it was just really inspirational for me. He's a beast. You, uh, you know, he, he mentioned <clears throat> when we drafted DJ Moore that, you know, DJ Moore was his spirit animal and, you know, he was, he mm-hmm. was really excited about that pick. I mean, are mm-hmm. you, you feel, how do you feel DJ Moore's coming along? You know, is he, is he on the cusp of breaking out? Actually, I wrote a piece about that. And the thing about Steve Smith's first few years, he, it looked very similar to DJ Moore's yeah. and his third or fourth year, I believe, that was when he broke out. So, I mean, DJ Moore's right there. He can follow in those footsteps this year. Fingers. I mean, he had a great season last year. Yeah, he had a good year. Up until that injury. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sky's the limit for DJ Moore. I love that dude. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, we need it, right? We need need us another superstar here. We We need that guy that everybody can rally around. Especially now. Well, there's Christian McCaffrey right now. Well, that's true. That's true. Dang, you made me look stupid. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about the linebacker core now that Luke's gone? I mean, it, you know, my my Ooh. concern is Shaq Thompson was better because of Luke um, mm-hmm. and got paid, you know, not because of Luke, but, you know, Luke took a lot of the pressure away from Shaq and was able to mm-hmm. – Shaq was able to be his best self with Luke on the field. Um, do you think Shaq is – going to live up to that contract now with Luke gone? And how do you feel about Tahir Whitehead kind of stepping in and taking the mic and, and being that guy? Well, no no one can replace Luke Keekley. Yeah. Let's just get that out right now. Um, I think Whitehead will be okay. I don't think he'll blow anybody away this year. Mm-hmm. But I think Shaq Thompson, I think he'll step up a little bit. I don't think he's going to break out like, many Panthers fans would hope, yeah. but I think he'll have a decent season, kind of more the same. 
So not quite Thomas Davis level, just maybe slightly nah, under. Yeah. Nah, slightly under. I'll give yeah. him slightly under. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of unfortunately what we were thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see though. I mean, hey, people prove fans wrong every year. Yeah. So I have one more question. Go for it. Joey Sly. What about him? <laughs> what about him? Great NFL kicker or the greatest NFL kicker? The greatest. Let's go. Thank you. Yes. Next out of the Terry, baby. Let's go. In a jersey. He's my favorite. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's going to have to custom order. Ever since last training camp, Steven has been in love with Joey Sly. If, yeah, before if he, he had a Twitter or some way we like, reach out to him to guy. interview him, that is his really? guy that you yeah. want to grab. What 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 drew your eye about this dude? I don't know, man. First of all, oh, I love his name, resolved. Joey Sly. It's just yeah, a cool name. name. Like it's a cool guy name, right? Yeah, he's huge for a kicker, right? He's he's yeah. a big guy for a kicker, and then right. it just seemed like in training camp, like he just was doing well. You know, he's making everything. Yeah. You know, Graham Gano, it's sort of like the backup quarterback syndrome, right? Your your favorite quarterback mm-hmm. on the team is always the backup quarterback. So Graham Gano, getting mm-hmm. a little tired of him, you know, even though he did some great things for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. You know, once he got hurt and it was Sly's spot to lose, you know, I was very excited. But a lot of it also goes back to the previous year with Butker, where, mm-hmm. you know, we drafted Butker. He looked great. And then mm-hmm. they put him on the practice squad and he got stolen by the was it, Chiefs, I guess, and now it's you know that's history he's a very good kicker for them so i sort of felt like we lost out on butker and with, when sly came i was like all right we have another chance here let's let's bring sly in and it's sort of worked out for him i mean he, he's been doing well yeah all right i mean let's hope he can get a little bit more accurate let's not yeah him up too much yeah well so he but... started out great and then he had that middle of the season where he was you know he's off you know but then he yeah. ended up he finished great so yeah. I'm hoping that this year he can kind of puts it all together and he's great for the whole season. And, you know, maybe he's got a statue outside of Bank of America Stadium one day. In, three, in four years, people will be like, why is that guy wearing a Sly jersey? Who's Sly? Oh, Jerry, don't, don't say that. Amen. <laughs> all right, anything else, Jerry? Nah, thank you so much. It was a blast. Hey, no problem. It was a blast being on with y'all. <laughs> Tell people where they can find your work. Um, you can find us at uh, at si underscore Panthers on Twitter, or you could just search us on Sports Illustrated and do it that way. Si dot com slash Panthers, and yeah, we're the best Panthers media site in the world. Period. Awesome, man. To say. So, you working on anything uh, right now? Give um, us a little tease. Just just covering training camp, yeah. doing, doing what I got to do. Oh, also, um, if y'all want, feel free to follow me on Twitter at JasonHewitt50. Yeah, that was my number in college. So Okay. Yeah. He's a great Twitter follower. Do it, people. Thank All you. right, man. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, you know, sometime hey, this y'all. season, maybe we'll bring you back in, in here if you want to and, uh, and have a talk about how the season's going. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all again. Hey guys, wanted to give a quick shout out to the Mosquito Authority. These guys have actually changed the way that we enjoy our backyard. Uh, They come once every three weeks or so, spray for mosquitoes in the front and backyard. 
Uh, we're not huddled around citronella candles in the evenings anymore or swinging those electric bug zappers, anything like that. Uh, haven't seen a mosquito in months. And if you do happen to see one, they'll come back out and spray again at no extra charge. Really cool guys uh, and ladies. Uh, they are prompt. They also take care of ants if you have an ant problem and, and other pests, termites, things like that. So this is a completely unsolicited, unpaid ad. Uh, not even an ad, really. I just kind of wanted to give them a shout-out and tell you guys to check them out. Mosquito-Authority.com. And if you happen to sign up, tell them that we sent you. And we're back. And we're going to go ahead and continue on with our positional group breakdown, starting with running back. Uh, starter, Christian McCaffrey, best in the league. No, yeah, no debate there. Questions. No debate there. Yeah. Number six in the NFL top 100, Jerry. I know you didn't want to mention that, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. No, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it. I, there's a couple guys people think maybe a better run back, but all around he's just the best in the league right now. Absolutely. And like we talked with Jason, like this could be a huge – year for him mm -hmm. under the Joe Brady offense. So, but the real discussion here is running back up, right? Like we've got a few guys, um, Reggie Bonifan, obviously I think sort of was the main backup last year, but we've got Jordan Scarlett who we drafted last year, Mike Davis, who we brought in as a free agent. And then Rodney Smith, a undrafted free agent. I don't really know if he's got a, an opportunity here, but who do you think is that number two guy? Well, I think Mike Smith is going to get cut. Okay. My opinion, I think he's just... Mike Davis, you mean? Yes. Okay. Mike Davis, sorry. He's going to get cut. I He has a kind of a larger cap hit. I'm surprised it hasn't happened before this. I'm going to go with Reggie Bonifant's going to continue to be the backup. I think Jordan Scarlett showed flashes last year, but Reggie Bonifant was a quarterback coming out of college. He had one year on the practice squad, and last year he looked good when he got his carries not only that but he has a very similar skill set to McCaffrey in terms of being able to catch the ball out of the backfield he had uh, I think he may have had more receiving yards last year than he had rushing yards I'm going to verify that um, uh, but he does have a very similar skill set yeah. uh, he had more rushing yards 116 to 57 receiving yards he averaged 7.3 yards per rush I know he had that one long 59-yarder, but still. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking for some reason that, that was a catch, but you're right, that was a rush. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he looked good last year in limited, very limited action. Yeah, and you kind of wonder if it was because the coaching staff didn't trust him or if just Christian McCaffrey is just so much better that you, it's so hard to take him off the field, which I think that's what it was. I think that's exactly what it was. Uh, I do think that this year, uh, you know, you could you could take it, this argument either way, but I think this year they should let McCaffrey rest more, considering we're not going to be vying for a playoff spot more than likely. Um, you know, save McCaffrey for next season or, the, or even the season after. You know, we gave him this big deal, this big contract. Not that you're not going to use McCaffrey. He's still going to get probably 350 touches. But he doesn't need 450 touches, right? Let's let's yeah, you don't, back him down a little bit. You don't need to wear out the tires on him. Yeah. Because yeah. we got him for the next, what, six years. So 
Yeah. We don't we don't need to blow through him. Uh, and give Bonifant an opportunity because maybe he plays really well and you can either trade him or you just have that guy, you know, to back up McCaffrey, uh, who's really good. Um, Jordan Scarlett, we mentioned, was drafted last year. Do you think he makes the team? I do. Okay. I think he's going to be the third. I, like I said, I think uh, Mike Davis is gone. Yeah. His cap hits too much. We spent a fifth-round pick on him last year. And I know it's a different coaching regime, but Marty Herney picked him. He's a fast guy. He's actually very similar, you know, to the rest of them, or to Bonavin and Christian McCaffrey, which I know you would prefer a, you know, more short yardage back. But we'll, we'll see what he has. Well, let's – um. Since we're talking about running backs, we can also throw uh, Alex Arma in there, fullback. Do you think we have a fullback this season? I mean, a lot of teams go away from the fullback. Does Alex Arma make this team? Well, Alex Arma also plays some tight end. And with us only having two tight ends really right now, I could see him sticking around as a utility knife, as a fullback, short yardage running back, and a tight end. Yeah, it's true. I think he plays some special teams too, so... Um, well, yeah. You know, those utility guys always play special teams. I don't think he's making a ton of money, so probably not, probably not too bad of an, an idea to keep him around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Mike Mike Davis had like two carries for us last year. There's no reason that I, I, you're right. Why is he even still on the team? I don't really understand <laughs> that. <laughs> I can't body. And he, they signed him to a decent contract, a, a million or two. He just hasn't even had that great of a career that's why i don't understand it yeah i don't get it um okay so i i I think that kind of runs through our running back talk i don't i don't really think there's anything else to talk about with these this position no not really i the backup position will be kind of fun to watch in training camp but we all know who's a stud in this that stable yeah we're riding mccaffrey um I will say that I'm a big Bonifan fan, so I, I do hope that he ends up number two on that uh, depth chart. Uh, but let's move over to defensive line. We're going to sort of split this up a little bit and do um, edge rushers interior. versus interior. Not versus, but yeah. edge rushers and interior. Um, <laughs> they're, they're not competing, no, they're against, not competing each other. against each other. But <laughs> let's start with the interior. Um, I think there's a lot of interest here. Uh, KK, Derek Brown... No question starters, right? Oh, there's obviously no questions on that. Uh, Derek Brown, first-round draft pick. Hopefully he pans out to be the stud that everybody expects him to be. And KK, hopefully he can get back on track. He's had a couple rough seasons since, you know, his big big money. Mm Mm-hmm. So hopefully he can get back on track. Maybe Derek Brown freeing him up a little bit, being able to – eat some space for him. I th- yeah, I think one of the one of the two is going to take up a lot of space for the other one. Um mm-hmm. Derek Brand's not a not a great pass rusher. Um so I sort of hope that he frees up KK because KK is a very good pass rusher. Um but you know KK, you know, you say he's had a couple of down years. Last year certainly we can't really blame on him and the lack of effort or anything. He was hurt. Um but and by the way, we're going to talk about this just as a base four three defense, right? We're you know not just saying that there's yeah. gonna be one defensive tackle. We're we're saying there's two. So um, backups for those guys, just a bunch of people that you've probably never heard of. 
Uh, well, Bravia, Bravia and Roy, we drafted this year. Yeah. A Baylor guy, very familiar with uh, Matt Rule and company. I expect him to be the third defensive tackle kind of rotational guy. And from what I read, a lot of they really like the guy. Uh, so nice little rotational. Yeah, but he was a sixth round pick. So, you know, that deep in the draft, you're just hoping to get a guy that makes the team. If he's if he's legitimately the backup to K1 Short, that's pretty great for your sixth round pick. So hopefully yeah. that's the case. I believe he's a space eater too. He's not he's not a pass rusher either. Yeah, he uh let's see, he's six one, three hundred and thirty three pounds, so Good lord. So Kelvin Benjamin Light. <laughs> a few inches shorter, a few pounds lighter. <laughs> um all right. And then we've got Woodrow Hamilton, Zach Kerr, and Miles Adams sort of as the guys backing up um the other defensive tackle spot. So I don't know much about any of those guys. I have no clue about any of them. Yeah. Um, I mean my thought is this is a position that I could easily see us waiting till cut down time. And if there was a guy that eh, maybe not salary cap, but just look good, but just, you know, the roster didn't fill out, fall their way and they got cut. I could see us picking one of those guys up. Yeah. Uh, I think other than Bravian Roy, who we already talked about, the rest of these guys have been in the league at least a year or two. So, um, yeah, a little bit of experience there, but we'll see. Uh, you know, it could very well be that the main backup um, is just not on the roster yet. So, yeah. Now let's move to the fun part: edge rusher. Edge rusher. I think so we've got a lot off, of uh, talent here. A lot of talent. I do edge too. Rusher. Starting off, I think we'll be starting at a defensive end or whatever edge rusher position they get want to call them. Spider Burns, Brian Burns. Oh, so excited. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that they'll unleash the Burns this year. Yeah. You know, freaking Ron Rivera didn't even give him a shot. Uh, this could be a big year for Burns. Yeah. Uh, he, he looked really good when he was playing before the wrist injury and Ron Rivera and his... I don't like playing rookies. I am I am very excited for that to be gone. Yeah. I want to see these guys, these rookies play. Obviously, this year we're going to have a lot of rookies playing. Yeah, and Matt Rule has said that. He said that, you know, expect to see these young guys go out and play a lot. Um, which could be a good news for Yeter Grossmatos, who yeah. could line up on the other end. Yeah, him and Steven Weatherly are going to be competing for that opposite you know, edge rusher position. And Stephen Weatherly is no pushover. No. He had some really good seasons up in Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. Talking about, you know, rosters just not fill, falling his way. That's kind of what happened to him. They had two good defensive ends. They, you know, he was just the rotational guy. So he wanted to come try to be the guy somewhere else. Yeah, three sacks last year. Um, also played well in the playoffs. Um, I expect him to start the season as the starter with Gross Matos subbing in for him, you know, quite a bit. Um, but then you also have, uh, you know, we're looking at ESPN's depth chart right now. For that left defensive end, you've got Weatherly, Gross Matos, and F.A. Obata listed as a third mm-hmm. guy there. So, F.A., we know F.A.'s got some talent. 
Um, if he's our third guy there, then that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, for right defensive end, we got Marquise Haynes and Christian Miller backing up Burns. Uh, both of those guys, I believe, is their second year, right? For both of these guys? Uh, I want to say... Haynes third year, maybe? Haynes third and Christian Miller second. Okay. So neither of these guys have really shown a ton. Um, but Christian Miller didn't get a lot of opportunity last year, of course, being a rookie. Um, but Haynes did show some flashes last year. Yeah. Uh, I really like this group. Hopefully they can kind of keep them rotating in. Uh, I'm, I'm really kind of nervous for F.A. Obata, just the way the there's so many edge rushers that we have on this team, whether he makes a team. Yeah. Well, they signed him, what, a one-year contract extension, I guess, um, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean a ton, of course. They can they can get rid of him. I feel like he's important to the NFL, though, um, you know, just coming from the, what, overseas, whatever they call that overseas, you know, list of players that comes over. Um, he's one of the only ones that has come over and actually made an impact on a team international players list or whatever whatever it is i think he'll make the team i think but do you think the when matt rule cuts down do you think that actually plays it will play a part in it or i think it does yeah i think it does play a part in it now of course we're not traveling this year but we we did go to london last year and he was sort of the ambassador for the team out there that was a big deal um but i mean fa's played well when he's gotten an opportunity he just hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities and he's always been wrong yeah uh, he's just a freakish athlete that's very raw. I think he fits what Matt Rule is looking for. He's like young guys who he can he's coach not that up and young, teach. Though. He's, he's 28 years old. Is he 28? 28, yeah. Oh, man. Well, that sort of changes the way I feel about him then. I thought he was like 26. I hope he makes the roster. Seems like a great guy. And we've seen when he's out there, he can get to the quarterback. So, Yeah. You just that's also a position that it's nice to have some depth at. Mm-hmm. Um, and FA's a I mean he's a good player, you know? He's maybe he's not going to be the starter on a team, but he can come in and make some plays. So, I like FA. I, I do hope he makes the team. And we also have Devontae Lambert who's listed here. Um his third season, he was with the Bucks, I think last year. Don't know much about him. Probably just a camp guy. Yeah, not, I hate saying it, but yeah, that's yeah most likely just a camp guy. No sacks in his career. In fact, it looks like he's only played one year in his 2016. So, definitely a camp guy. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's kind of talk about let's go back to running backs real quick. How do you feel about the running backs overall? Um, you know, in terms of starter, obviously a plus. But in terms of the position overall, are you still sticking to an A, A+. Plus? Can I go N-A, not applicable? No. Because... <laughs> I, I really, I'm going to say C+, plus just because Bonavin showed flashes. But at the same time, there's so much unknown with the whole group. Oh my group. god, you are insane. I'm going to A+. Plus. I mean, anytime you have no, McCaffrey... No, 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 no. It, McCaffrey's A+. Plus. Yeah. The rest of them, I'm giving C+. Plus. Okay, I'm talking about the position. Okay, let's let's start over. Let's look at the position overall, running back position overall, including McCaffrey, including the backups. How do you feel? 
I feel A plus just okay. because I know McCaffrey will yeah. be able to take ninety eight percent of the snaps. Agreed. Yep. A plus. Um, and and how comfortable would you be with Bonifan, assuming he is the number two coming in and starting for McCaffrey? I mean, do you think that he could do some things? Is he is he going to be eighty percent of McCaffrey, sixty percent of McCaffrey? Like, what do you think? And McCaffrey is so much. Eighty percent is a lot. Yeah. I would say seventy. I think he could pull off seventy okay. percent. I think seventy percent of McCaffrey is a B. Yeah, that's that's a good player, you know. That's uh, I I I think that's probably. And again, I I wouldn't count out Jordan Scarlett. This is his second year. Yeah, I don't know about guys... Jordan Scarlett, man. I, I honestly think Jordan Star. I think Scarlett or Davis, either one could be cut, and it wouldn't surprise me. Davis because he makes more money is the obvious choice, but. If he comes out and really shows some things in training camp, then I, I could easily see him making the team and Scarlett being cut. Scarlett, to me, last year just didn't do anything. He, he just didn't look good at all. Well, he really didn't do anything. I know. He had four rushes in preseason. That was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those they were not impressive. <laughs> <laughs> those four rushes were not good. That told me all I needed to know about now. him. <laughs> In a horrible year, with a horrible offensive line, <laughs> you had four rushes that looked bad. You are done. Exactly. To the door. I didn't I didn't really like the pick when they drafted him, so maybe I'm biased, but um all right, let's move to the defense. Uh we'll we'll look at these separately like we did when we talked about them. Interior defensive line. How do you feel? I like our starters really good. I really do. Yeah. But after them, it is a drop-off. I know Bravey and Roy was drafted here, but again, late. And the other guys, they're just guys. Yeah. I thought we'd bring in maybe a Kyle Love, but I know he's too old for it, for this roster. Yeah, I was a little surprised they didn't keep him around. Yeah, me too. I think that the, I, I, I do think, before you give a grade, I do think that uh, we will bolster that position a little more uh, before mm-hmm. the season starts. So I could see bringing in, I you know I'm not going to name names because I don't know who's going to be cut, but bringing in a veteran guy to come in and work with K1 and Derek Brown, uh, maybe coach up Derek Brown a little bit. Um, I could easily see that. A young veteran. Yeah. Now I so, maybe so even what, a veteran. I mean I I honestly think that Matt Rule could bring in some veteran backups uh, at a lot of positions, um, just to kind of come in and be veteran presences that the locker room needs you know and and just some solidity behind these rookies that are going to come out and play i actually think that it could happen to a lot of positions all right and i'd be okay so my grade so my grade i'm giving c minus wow you're really putting a lot of stock brown and kk i i going b plus a minus but there's just nothing behind them. <laughs> I can see that. And those I mean, guys always rota- rotate, yeah. so it just has to fall so hard. Plus, you've got questions about KK, right? Mm-hmm. Is he is he truly healthy? Um, I'm going to go a little higher than that. I'm going to go B-, minus, um, just because I think the ceiling for KK and Derek Brown is very high. Um, and I do think that we will end up filling out the backups uh, after training camp uh, cuts. So, yeah, I'm going to go B- minus there. I'm pretty high on the defensive line overall uh i am too defensive the the edge rushers that we talked about i'm very high on actually (laughs) you know as going through this exercise um 
I think we have pretty good depth. Uh, it's still young. It's pretty cheap. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think like performance to cost ratio is going to be very high. Uh, I'm going A for our edge rushers. I'm really excited about them. Even though they're young and kind of unproven, they have a very high ceiling. I was going B plus because of the unproven part. Yeah. I people who've listened to this podcast for a while know how much I love Brian Birds and I think mm-hmm. he's gonna be a superstar in the league. And I really like Etor Gross Matatos Matos, sorry. So much Matatos. that you don't even know his name. Yeah, Burns is your Joey Sly. Yeah. And Steven Weatherly, I like that pickup. Even if he's just a rotational guy backup, I like it for him for that. So I really like it. And again, F.A. Obata, Marquise Haynes, Christian. There's there's depth there that it's the looks good on paper. It's the deepest position on the team. It really Bob, is easily far none. Yeah, um, and maybe that's why I'm so high on it. Maybe I shouldn't be an A on it just because it, there is a lot of unproven there. But I just like the depth, and I like who we have as starters. Um, Gross Matos is sort of an unproven. I mean, he's a young guy. He needs some NFL seasoning, but he's got skills. Like it. He's got a lot of skills. Yeah. The whole whole edge rushers have a lot of skill but haven't proven it yet. Right. Even Steven Weatherly, who's played, he's only played in spot positions. So uh, it, it it's scary, but at the same time, he looks really good on paper. It'll, maybe it's just me with my panther blue colored glasses, <laughs> but I think that's going to be the strength of the defense. Steven Weatherly was a seventh-round pick. Mm-hmm. Seventh round pick in 2016, so he's still very young. He's only 26. Um, people in Minnesota really liked him. They were pretty bummed mm-hmm. when he left. Uh, all right. Well, I think we're both pretty. Uh, I think we're kind of on the same page here overall. Although I'm a little higher on tackle than you are. Um, two Just two positions that are probably two of the strongest positions on our team: running back and defensive yeah. line. Um, All right. Cool. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. If you like our show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbox at meowmixpodcast.com. And if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on our show. We'll be back probably next week. Uh, We'll talk about another couple of group of positions. I don't know, Jerry, if we're going to do another poll or... How we want to well, choose there's, that. There's only two groups left, so okay. quarterback and secondary is uh, what we're you doing. You are forgetting about place kicker. Maybe it, we might dedicate an entire show to that. We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, until next time, stay safe and keep pounding.